And welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. So what does food mean to you? Well, today we're going to ask Robert Gallio what food means to him, but also he's our special guest for today. He's the author of a really interesting book, and surprise, surprise, it's food-oriented too, but it's also got some other story. It's got a storyline to it too. It's his story. Robert, thank you so much for being here today well thanks for having me it's a it's an honor to be here so robert tell us um the title of your book and uh we'll get into a little bit of your story uh sure freedom to wander kind of came to me because uh over the past 10 years i've had the opportunity to just take some time and wander through italy not just italy parts of europe but mostly i'd say 80 percent italy uh-huh. and how that happened was a simple vacation in 2012 kind of kind of coming up on midlife and you know had a had a tough period in, in the crash of 2012 i live in florida and i was mm-hmm. in banking mm-hmm. and that was a really difficult period of uh, my life huh? and i just took my son on this journey to see where our family was from my grandparents uh, huh? a little town outside of palermo month and it was a magical experience and I wanted to go back every year to to visit them uh-huh. and a few angels along the way got in my path and here I two years later I started a tour company it seems it seems crazy but I uh-huh. just left not having any travel industry experience I was in wealth management and, and banking uh-huh. I just took a leap of faith so yes Sometimes you do have to do that. So what's the name of the town that your family's from? It's Montelepre. It, Montelepre. Montelepre is a hare in Italian. And so it's the mountain of the hare. Uh, huh? And they, you know, they go back. My name goes back to the, I, there's a padre that gave me a family tree. Mm-hmm. That was his uh, hobby. He likes to do genealogy. And he gave me a family tree that goes back to as far as like 1680. Uh-huh. Little, wow. Little town, very small town, about 5,000 people live there. So. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Oh, that's my crazy. grandfather came to the United States in uh, 1912 uh-huh. and settled in Detroit. And that's where I was born. In wow. In Detroit. My grandfather went there and actually we, we found out too from our records he he went there to work on the railroad, but he ended up settling in in South Philadelphia, the you know the Italian neighborhood. Don't know okay. why. I don't know if I think one of his relatives, because at that time you had to have somebody sponsor you. Yeah. Very, so his sister common. was living in Philly, and uh, he ended up working on the railroad, and then went to Philly. She sponsored him, and that's how he got. But he went to uh, Detroit, but he wasn't from Sicily. Was from Abruzzo. Sure. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, very, very interesting. So do you have any favorite foods from your, the town that your family's from? Or, well, I want, you know what I want to ask you? So Sicily, I know there's the sea and the mountains and mm-hmm. where, so where is your, where's the town or that Well, if you're in Palermo, uh-huh. um, you would drive straight up a mountain um, and it's about from downtown Palermo, probably about 40 minutes. So you just oh, go okay. straight up. There's a few, there's a few mountain towns. Uh, Monreale uh-huh. has a beautiful cathedral that's uh-huh. uh, more to the east of uh, Palermo, southeast. 
Uh-huh. Montalepre is more um, west, southwest. Uh, from, uh-huh. from, so it's very close to Palermo. Uh-huh. Um, very common name, my last name in the town. Uh, probably 20% of the population has my last name, which is yes. you know, crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, um, you know, my, my mother was born in Sicily, uh, but uh-huh. she was two years old when she came through Ellis Island. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Oh, Not so a different town. Old. She yes. was more closer to Messina, which is uh-huh. east of the island. It's on the east coast. And she was in a small town there as well. I did visit her town and got her birth records and things, but no one was there that, you know, we knew. That you knew. Yes. Yes. Now I, I understand. Well, I know um, a lot of the the city halls have put a lot of records online. So it's a little bit easier to trace in most yeah. places, not all, yeah. but in most places, it's just a little bit easier to, to trace. I'm always telling people to go online and, you know, see if, if wherever you're from, you may be able to find it before you even get there. So tell us if we're doing um, a tour to Sicily, Mm-hmm. What would be, um, you know, the the places you would tell if somebody had never been to Sicily before, what would be the places you would recommend to visit or what kind of a tour would you recommend? Oh, my, my gosh. Uh, we do a tour in Sicily. Oh. Um, most people aren't aware of the layering of culture in Sicily. They, unfortunately, they, they just think of the mafia, which mm-hmm. mafia is all through Italy. It's not just yes. Sicily. It just happened to kind of start there i guess but let me just tell you it's all throughout the world so it's not just in italy so yes but i know people because we have the godfather movie which was such a classic everybody just thinks sicily mafia and that's all they think about but it is it's so beautiful and such great food there oh my goodness it's unfortunate that that's the stigma and then exactly you know it's a little more difficult to get to so Yes. Uh, if you have uh, a week, you really need to divide it up into like what side do you want to do? Because if you try to do the whole island in a week, you don't have enough time. There, there are more. Uh, well, Italy has the most uni- uh, world UNESCO World Heritage sites uh, in any other country, mm-hmm. and then Sicily has the most of any region in Italy. Oh, so really? that just kind of tells you, like, wow, there, there's a lot there. Yes. Um, so I would divide it if I had two weeks. Um, definitely start out in Palermo, um, do the sites there, do a couple trips over to the other coast, Trapani. There's a town called Ericha, which is very mm-hmm. beautiful, the medieval mountain town that you could visit. There's mm-hmm. Suggesta that has a Greek um, uh, a population that were assimilating into the Greek cultures, and there's a an unfinished temple there that's huh? pretty cool. You go on to the east, you'll go to Shapalu, and huh? there's, a, there's yes. a show out there, and it's called uh, White Lotus, and it took place, the second season took oh, place yes. in, in Tarmina, Sicily. Yes, yes. Um, it's, I, I, don't, I hope I don't offend any of your listeners. I didn't really care for the show. Um, oh. Really didn't show much. I've, of I've heard of the show, but yeah, I've yeah. I've had people tell me, "Oh, did you see White Lotus?" But what is the other show? Montalbano. 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 Yeah. Is that in Taormina also? And no, and I think they're still filming. That's the south um, 
west we okay tour, we're in shigley and they actually film a lot of it uh, our the villa that we stay in is in shigley and they do fill film a lot in that town uh, of Montalbano. Montalbano. But I think it's supposed to take place in Agrigento, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I love that show. I I don't get to watch it as much as I would like to, but you know, sometimes I don't really pay attention to the show. It's just the yeah. scenery because yeah. it's just so beautiful. Yeah. So you know, that's well, another good show. I guess White Lotus, if people just want to see the scenery to get an idea of where you know some of the yeah. scenery is. Unfortunately, they they didn't do a good job of really showing you Sicily the the beach scene uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, that you do see. Now it's, it takes place in Taormina, but right. the beach is actually in Shafalu. Uh, which is about an hour and a half away so uh, on your on this trip i you know would tell people you go to uh shuffalo and it's a wonderful uh kind of a vacation beach town right, right. Um, probably about twenty thousand people live there 25 maybe, maybe uh -huh. a little more um that's a great place to stop and then go on to taormina which is sort of the capri of sicily it's very oh yes and lots of uh lots of uh travelers in the past and that's a great place to spend a few nights. Uh, go uh -huh. up the mountain, Mount Etna, which is uh -huh. a UNESCO yes. heritage site. Do a wine tasting tour or wine uh, lunch up there on the mountain. Yes. And then from there, you can go to Catania. Uh -huh. uh, that's south of uh, um, Taormina, about an hour. Uh, Catania is the second largest city behind Palermo. They have a great fish market there that's open uh, each day. Uh -huh. um, our chef is has a, a school there, a cooking school that um, she operates there. And then uh, on to my favorite, one of my all-time favorite cities of Italy is Saracusa, which is just south of Catania on the uh -huh. eastern corner, eastern southern um, corner. Uh, very Greek on that side. It's very Greek and it's also very Barocco architecture uh -huh. because the Bourbon dynasty uh, was in control of Sicily during a period where there was a massive earthquake. Mm -hmm. And those towns, uh, uh, Syracuse, uh, Noto, uh, Shigli, Ragusa, Madica, uh -huh. those, are, those were all wiped out. If you can imagine an earthquake so strong that it wiped out all those cities in one day, um, it was just boom. So what happened was you won't see much Gothic because it's gone. It was, it was just destroyed. So what happens, those towns there that I named off, they all start from like 1700 architecture. And back then with the Bourbons, that was the Barocco style architecture. So those are all UNESCO World Heritage Sites as a group. Uh, those right. Towns. So lots to see. Uh, Modica has a chocolate history because, you know, the Spanish were bringing chocolate and um, tomato and those products from. Yes from the uh, New World, huh? and Sicily was the closest those Spaniards could land to bring those products into their controlled areas. Um, so you'll you'll see uh, a lot of that influence in the food and things like that. Great seafood, uh, wonderful, as you mentioned, uh, different types of food. Even the Arabic, as you go further west now, so now we're on the southern tip, we're going to go to Agrigento which is at the very uh, um, southern part of uh, Sicily. There is the finest Greek temple collection you'll see in all of the Greek world. Um, most people don't realize more Greeks lived in Sicily 
than in Greece at the peak wow. of their dominance. Yes. Um, and some of the most wealthiest were Syracuse, uh, J-Lo, and Argento. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a beautiful place, to, a wonderful beach, a great little restaurant on the beach. You get some barbecued sardines and uh, great seafood. So from Argento, then you would work your way. Uh, you could go to Salonuta, which is, an, uh, Salonute is another Greek, um, um, Greek uh, archaeological park. Huh? Um, but if you don't go that far, you can go up to Palermo and finish your trip again in Palermo and enjoy uh, enjoy that. On the west side, it's very uh, has an Arabic influence because the the Muslims occupied Sicily for about three hundred years during the medieval times, and then they have the Norman, of course. The Normans invaded, took it took the uh, island away from the uh, Islamic Empire, and basically it was Christianity from that point on. So, huh. yeah, yeah, I always tell people couscous is a really popular type of pasta in Sicily. You know, there's lots of dishes made yes. with couscous because of the Arabic influence. Yes, yes. And uh, it's actually a really easy pasta to make, but You'll it's see, so versatile. Uh, you can do all kinds of things with it. Yeah. In San, uh, San Vito, uh, uh, Capo is a town that they have a festival for couscous or the couscous that, yes that's a very beautiful resort town kind of uh, on the northwestern corner uh-huh um, so that's different you 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 can see couscous on the east coast now but traditionally it was more on the west coast uh-huh the other thing is the arancini the the arancini, oh yes if you're in uh-huh Parma, yes <laughs> arancino if you're in catania uh-huh um, and that's a, a rice ball filled with ragu inside and deep fried. Yes. Um, breaded and deep fried. So that's very Arabic. That's about a thousand year old recipe. Um, that, and um, then you can find them now all over Italy. Most of the pizza places have those have it. arancini. Yeah. It's street yes. food. It's street yes, food. it's street yeah. food. I know in Rome, it's really popular in the pizza yeah. places. So tell us, so we're talking about food and uh one of my favorite things in Sicily was the pistachio gelato inside of, of course. it for breakfast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But tell us any other. I know we talked couscous, arancini, the pistachio gelato, because pistachios are grown there, correct? Yes. Uh, uh, Bronte is a town near, um, closer to Messina, uh, but it's in a more mountainous kind of section. And for for whatever reason, uh, the volcanic uh, soil, volcanic soil is much, uh, very nutritious for plant life and the pistachios grown there are the best in the world, even though yes. it comes from Persia, you know, it's not from there, yes. uh, but between the sunlight and uh, the climate and the nutritious uh, um, soil that they're famous and pistachio, in fact, I'm, I'm doing a cooking demonstration tomorrow or on Wednesday in Tampa for a TV station. We're going to do a pistachio sauce. It's going uh -huh. to be cream oh, with wow. uh, pancetta, uh -huh. pistachio ground up, onion, no garlic, just onion, mm -hmm. and and cream and uh, Parmesan cheese. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely oh, wow. sauce. Sounds yeah. definitely very interesting. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I know and I do know 
because I was telling you, I lived in Abruzzo for over 20 years and uh, I've been to Sicily, but people that I knew that lived in Abruzzo for one reason or another worked in Sicily and they would come home weekly. So they would go to the pastry shops there, the bakeries, mm. the Forno, mm -hmm. and they would bring home, you know, and the, the pastries are really something that, you know, I mean, yeah. in Abruzzo, we had some good ones, but the typical, you know, things you think of in Sicily, the cannoli and, um, that, yeah, yes, I there's a couple that, of uh, other ones. Nothing yeah. was overly like sickening sweet. Like, unfortunately, mm -hmm. when you get them in America, they tend to put pounds of sugar in everything. Everything, the flavors are just so yeah. balanced and just yeah. unbelievably delicious. Really, yeah. really. Good. I don't know um, why Sicily and the, they have just thing with the desserts. Uh, they uh -huh. definitely through like we do tours in Tuscany and in the north, and you know they do. Uh, you know, tortas with marmalade. and In Tuscany, like they don't do desserts. I know Not I've done well. events in Tuscany yeah. and I was always, they don't even do fruit. And I know in yeah. Abruzzo, one of our big things is at the end of the meal, you always have fruit. Actually, in the houses, there's always a bowl of fresh fruit. Yes. Yeah. So, and I grew up with yeah. that. But yeah. uh, Tuscany, it's no, it's yeah. it's the wine, it's the wine and the olive oil. That's what they're. Yep. So yes. there's and no the meat. and, and the meats. Meat. Yes, yes, there's nothing the meat, with but, desserts there. But yes, but desserts. Uh, I think the tradition was, um, you know, the the monks, uh, the friars and things, the, the priests that would be, uh, they would they would make wine. That uh -huh. was a, a, a big thing for them for income. Yes. But the nuns in Sicily would practice uh, the pastries. Yes. So they, they would make the pastries. Yes. So this tradition of these uh, uh, pastries, and as you know, in Italy, not just in Sicily, each town has a specific, you know, dish that they have. A, a, yes. A pastry or a pasta or a bread. Um, so that's very much like in, in Catania, they have a, they have a, a a little cake, a little torta that looks like a breast because uh -huh. um, in, um, I think it's Catania, it was uh, the Saint Agatha who had uh -huh. her breast removed. Remember the story oh, wow. of the torture? Uh -huh. She was a martyr. Uh -huh. uh, the king the king wanted her to be uh, his wife and not to be Christian. And she, you know, so they tortured her. So they celebrate with this, uh, this cake. With that, that type like of cake. <laughs> so they celebrate her day. And I know yeah. actually in many parts of Italy, they do celebrate saints with a certain type of dessert sure. or cake yeah. or something yeah. like that. Saint, Saint Joseph. So, yeah. but yes, it's, yes. But it's interesting that you mentioned that the nuns had the tradition of pastry because in Abruzzo, they do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the convents they are to raise money for the yes. convent. Yeah. They, you know, did pastries. And a lot of people way back when they went to school, they learned from the nuns. Like That's I know right. my grandpa, my grandmothers, yeah. it's not like they were went to wealthy schools either. It's just that the nuns taught, that's you right. know, and they taught yeah. and that's probably what spread the, you know, pastry making throughout Sicily was, yeah. was, uh, the nuns. Yeah. Right yeah. But yes, yeah. The there's a town, uh, I mentioned earlier, Ericha. it is, it is a, uh, mountain town near Trapani. 
Uh huh. And if you go in that town, there's a store. Maria Gramatico is her name. Uh -huh. And she was sort of like an orphan. I think her mother wasn't dead, but she lived in a convent as a child and she was uh -huh. raised in the convent. Uh -huh. And she took those recipes and created a shop in Edicha, oh, wow. and people from all over the world go visit her. Um, wow. She's probably in her late 80s now, uh -huh. uh, but she's there when you go. She's there in that shop. And wow. Yeah, so, That's, she, so she sells products from those recipes. The traditional. The tra the and they're freshly made. It's like a bakery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they have wow. a thing called Genovese. It is yes. like a ravioli that yes. is deep fried. So uh -huh. it's, uh, it's the pastry with the cheese inside, uh, uh -huh. you know, um, ricotta, and it's a dolce. So they yeah. oh, okay. they so deep fry it and they're just lovely uh, uh -huh. when they're made fresh like that. And you just go oh, well. and get a coffee and yeah. Yes. Delicious. Oh, so, well. Sicily Sounds... does have uh, dessert down. I'll have to say that. Definitely. Um, they they do. Like I said, we used to really look forward to this this person we knew that would bring over you know, a box of desserts from Sicily every week. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we're running out of time. So let's tell people where they can find your book and you. So it's Freedom to Wander. Sure. It's a memoir based on kind of the, what happened the last 10 years, meeting my family and then deciding to like chain transform my life and do more cooking and starting a tour company. I left the corporate world. Right. Um, and it was really because of meeting them. And then a few things happen along the way that make this possible to where I am 10 years from now, uh, from then, uh, 10 years from then that I have this tour company and we, we do tours throughout Italy, uh, not right. just in Sicily. And it's a fun story. Um, everything from making Thanksgiving dinner in Montalepre, Sicily for my family uh -huh. Uh -huh. during our tradition uh, holiday of Thanksgiving. So I had to find a whole turkey because they don't. Oh, eat well, yes, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some fun stories and, and there's some lovely uh, heart, heart touching stories. And of course, some food in there and travel. Exactly. Um, so it is freedom to wander. They can go to my website, Italian Culinary Tours dot com okay. and they can go on click on book and they can go to the link for both Barnes and Noble and Amazon and order the book there. So that's great. Great, Robert. Thank you so much. I could talk all day. Oh, yeah. the last thing is I usually try to ask my guests at the end, what does food mean to you? Well, that's an easy one. Yes. Um, if you're Italian, it has to do with love and family. So there you go. The That's the most of, popular uh, answer. Yeah, yeah. Collecting the the ingredients, put preparing it, serving it, eating it with your family. Uh, that is all an act of love. So for me, that's what it means. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much and much success with everything. It sounds really exciting and delicious also. <laughs> and <laughs> well, fine. thank you, Maria. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati Show. And thanks to my special guest this week, Robert Gallio, and my producer, as always, Britton Roselle. Here's some food for thought 
for your Valentine's Day this year. So I have a recipe that's been really popular with all my followers. It's on my blog. It's for a strawberry risotto for Valentine's Day. So just go to marialiberati.com and look up my strawberry risotto. It's really delicious, surprisingly delicious, but it's also a beautiful dish to serve on valentine's day and for some other food ideas you know there are many foods out there that are heart-shaped so there's heart-shaped everything out there right now and you can even make a pizza heart-shaped um donuts heart-shaped cookies heart-shaped you can you can find them pre-made if you don't want to make your own at bakeries and grocery stores or just get creative and make your own it's really easy to make a heart-shaped pizza that i think is my favorite thing for valentine's day but you know pink and red galore they're the colors for valentine's day so think pink velvet cupcakes red velvet cake pops and strawberry cheesecake and as i mentioned strawberry risotto is on my blog at marialiberati.com but the festive colors of pink and red really instantly add a valentine's day touch to any desserts and you know think of unique flavor combinations move beyond the usual chocolate and strawberries explore options like rosewood or macaroons lavender shortbread cookies or blood orange and pistachio cake yum and uh, for savory dishes well the aphrodisiac ingredients are oysters asparagus figs and dark chocolate so incorporating them into your meal can really set the mood and take the time to arrange your food in a heart shape or spell out a message with vegetables it's just a really simple way to add a fun and personal touch you can also create a fondue station with chocolate cheese or broth for a really fun and an interactive type of dining experience and if you're having dinner for two just elevate your usual takeout or home cooked meal by choosing a special recipe setting the table with candles and flowers and playing romantic music but beyond food you also have mocktails and cocktails so you know that can be used to set the mood create festive drinks with valentine's day colors and flavors like a pink grapefruit mimosa or a chocolate cherry martini but you can also have non-alcoholic options like a sparkling cranberry juice or a strawberry smoothie and don't forget that charcuterie board arrange cheeses fruits and crackers on a board for a beautiful and delicious appetizer and snack they're always fun to assemble and think of interesting designs and ways to combine the cheese fruit and crackers but no matter what your food preferences are there's certainly a valentine's day trend you can enjoy and with a little creativity you can make your celebration extra special and memorable once again thanks for listening to the marie liberati show and to my producer Britton roselle and as always 
You can find me at marialiberati.com, on Instagram at marialiberati, on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati, on Twitter or X at Maria Liberati, on Vimeo, you can find my videos at Maria Liberati, our new YouTube channel just called The Maria Liberati Show, where you can see most of our podcasts on video there. And uh, let's see, you can find my Gourmand World award-winning book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, at artoflivingprimamedia.com, on amazon.com, Kindle, and really anywhere books are sold. And until next time, peace, love, and pasta.